Welcome to this week's episode of the Star Wars Universe Podcast. Today we are talking about The Mandalorian, Episode 8, the final episode. We are closing up Season 1 of The Mandalorian and talking about ideas for our hopes for Season 2. All that and more right after this commercial break we have no control over. Welcome back, I'm Matthew, I'm your, your host, and I'm joined as always for discussions of The Mandalorian by my co-host on this on this slot, Jeff Randall. Jeff, how are we doing today? Doing fantastic, sir, how are you? I am good, I am good, and I want to take a quick moment also. Um, many of you have heard me say that I got my start podcasting in part because of uh, Jeff Randall and Matt Carroll and what they do at the uh, MCU podcast, uh, the kind of flagship of the Stranded Panda podcast network we're all part of. The main podcast that I do is one called Superhero Ethics, very connected to this one in Star Wars, and obviously a lot of issue overlap, and we go back and forth. Um, and we're actually in the moment of, with Jeff's help and with Matt's help, doing a big uh, review drive for uh, our sister podcast, Superhero Ethics. So I want to take a quick moment to explain that, and then we're going to dive right into the heart of this episode. Uh, Jeff, you want to explain a bit about how that works and what's going on there? Absolutely. So, if you are a listener of this podcast and you like it, uh, or if you don't like it, or if you're just okay with it, go and leave a review somewhere, anywhere where you leave reviews. We will aggregate all of those reviews that are left, and a random person will be selected from within those reviews to win a shirt. One of our Stranded Panda shirts. The logo looks pretty sweet. You can leave a review on iTunes, on you know anywhere that you can the, that you can leave a review. If your uh, podcast catcher doesn't have a review platform send us an email with your five-star review in there and we will throw it into the mix as well yeah it is a really kind thing you guys are doing and, and just to be clear that is uh reviews for, we're always happy to get reviews of the star wars universe podcast they Shit. were talking specifically about reviews of the superhero ethics podcast uh i'm guessing many of you are listeners of both um and if you're not though great time to check that podcast out um you can get as he said the mcu shirt you can also if you prefer get a superhero ethics t-shirt instead um, and also, I believe all the people who are writing reviews right now um, for any of these Stranded Panda drives are also getting entered into a chance to win the um, upcoming Avengers video game. Um, so uh, you and Matt are putting that all together. Thank you very much. Yes. It's a really kind thing you're doing. Um, still definitely great to leave reviews for this podcast. It's a great way for us to know, you know, hopefully we get five stars. But if we don't, let us know what you think. How could we do better? How could we be doing? What could we change? Uh, should I throw out Jeff and get a better co-host? You know, anything you want to tell me, uh, <laughs> happy to hear it. Um, so with that, let's let's dive into because we've been we've been waiting for this all season long. Um, you and I started the Clone War. Yeah, you and I started the Mandalorian. Um, really excited about about this because we knew how the whole season ended, and it, it really ends with a bang. Um, what what's kind of your overall take on uh, how the season ends? Uh, it does, in fact, end with a bang. Several bangs, in <laughs> fact, because it is. It feels like nonstop action while at the same time also giving us every bit of backstory that we wanted. Yeah. Uh, well, almost every bit of backstory that we wanted without giving too much. Like, it didn't play too much of its hand. It still kept a few things close to the vest. And, like, it just, it, it's that little bit that leaves you wanting so much more where yeah. you're like, come, come on, please tell me Cara Dune's backstory. I want to see a whole series about her. I want to see a series about uh, Grief Cargus. Like I want, I want everything that happened with Moff Gideon. Why does he know our, our hero's name? Like, I want all of it. Like, what did you, yeah. John Favreau and it, Dave Filoni, those guys are 
nuts. Like they are so crazy good at what they do. They have me so hooked on this show. And it's such a hard balance to strike because I have seen shows where they wrap everything up and it feels done. And you're like, what could the next season possibly be? And you're like, okay, I'm done. I don't really have any sense of like, I need the next season. I've also seen shows that go the exact opposite direction where they just, they don't answer any of the questions that they, you started with. They just give you a whole bunch more questions. And now you're just feeling like kind of lost. lost. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that we're referencing any particular show. Um, just a feeling. This did, this did such a good job. You know, the fact that like a number of the main storylines did get wrapped up, but it was also that sort of like we got the answers and the answers are more questions. Um, I thought it was so good. You know, we got... Um, we did get to see the, uh, the Mandalorian's face. Um, and I, I, I was thinking, like, I remembered that they showed us his face and I couldn't remember how they did it. And that moment with, you know, the IG droid, IG 11, where he says like, no living thing has never, has ever seen my face. And IG says, well, but I'm not a living thing. I was like, oh, that's so perfect. You know, that's yep. such a great moment way to do it. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, we get that. We get, you know, like, they do rescue the child, but clearly there's now, like, this much bigger problem with Moff Gideon going on. Um, I, It's funny. Watching it, I think it's better this way, but I love a good, like, ensemble team show, you know, or even where, like, there's a, like, kind of a Buffy type thing where there's a star, but they have a team. Right. A part of me wanted, you know, like... Uh, you know the 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 uh, the bounty hunter, uh, you know mission giver, and you know Cara Dune, and all and all of them just be like, all right, we're 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 gonna team up now and and ride off together into the sunset. Um, <laughs> did did you get any of that? Any hope? Hope I, I you'd seen it before already, but the first time, do you remember? Was there a party going like this could be a cool like team up going forward? I mean, when <clears throat> when they were in the um, in the bar, it was like okay, well. Now we've got all of our friends in one place. Like clearly they're, they're doing some sort of like uh superhero team up kind of thing, or, you know, in shows like the flash or arrow or anything like that, like, okay, so grief Cargus is our, our Harrison Wells. Uh, right. Obviously the Mando is Barry. And <laughs> like, I just, I kept going with that. It was like, no, no, this is called the Mandalorian. Like, yeah. And then when, you know, when it ended and she said, I'm going to stick around here to make sure that all the, the imps are mopped up and Grief Cargus is like, oh, this is a respectable planet now. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> first off, you're kidding yourself. Secondly, I'm glad that he's leaving um, and he has a mission. He had, like even outside of Moff Gideon and, yeah. and him surviving with his uh, what, what is it called? Is it a dark blade? Like, I don't know. Yeah, okay. anyway. there's a couple big questions here. Do, do we want to get into the Mandalorian's mission, or do we want to get into Moff Gideon first? Uh, yes. <laughs> Let's start with Moff Gideon. What do we get out of him? Like, clearly we know that he wants the child. We don't exactly know why. But then at the end, he has this thing that looks a lot like a weird version of a lightsaber. Um, yeah, it looks like a, a lightsaber put through a negative filter. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you play the Spider-Man game. Uh, on a PlayStation. (laughs) You know, it looks like one of those guys would have a lightsaber. Um, Now, we have established in some of the other movies that it's possible to be, like, a non-Force user and just have, like, an Electroblade of some kind. Do we think this is a badass Electroblade, or is that a lightsaber of some kind? uh, It looks different from an Electroblade. 
blah, and electro blade. And we saw vibra blades in uh, in this season, I think, in episode three or four when um, that's when correct, the yeah. yeah when the others in the in the covert tried to take his his helmet off. Um, but this doesn't look like either of those things. This looks a lot closer to a um, a lightsaber, and it cut through the the Tie Fighter in much the same way. Yeah. What do we think about that? Does that mean like he this guy's force sensitive to some extent? I mean, and if so, what what's your take on that? Eesh, uh, I would love to see Moff Gideon turn into like a Darth Malgus kind of mm-hmm. uh, kind of character where he's just like so imposing in every way, like physically, uh, you know, stature, whatever, like all of it. His his presence is is terrifying because he kind of was like, yeah, that guy was super in charge of that entire situation. And I don't I don't know that I necessarily want him to be force sensitive, so mm-hmm. to speak, because, you know, this show has been so great without lightsabers so far yeah. and without like with the only the only part of it being force sensitive is the kid. And even then, only barely ever doing it and everybody being super confused as to how the hell he's doing that. Yeah. Like they even said in this one, like, so you want me <laughs> You want me to scour the the galaxy to find, like, to return a foundling to a clan of enemy wizards, which which I do have some thoughts on that in a moment. But yeah, <laughs> I, I I agree with you, and I I'm gonna make a reference that I know you don't quite agree with, but maybe at least you're gonna understand where I'm coming from. When Agents of Shield started in season one, mm-hmm. part of what I loved about it was that in a world of superheroes, it was about non-powered people dealing with kind of like ground level problems, you know, yeah, ground level problems on the ground. Yeah. Often re- related to things with powers, but like these weren't superhero stories. These were on the ground stories. And over the seasons, like it felt like there was a lot of creep, you know, like more and more people on the team developed powers, certainly Daisy sky. They were fighting more and more people with powers. And, and it just felt like they, they couldn't quite stick to that idea of this is just regular people dealing with doing the best they can. And yeah. I'm a little worried. Like I, to me, if Moff Gideon is someone who like, you know, I mean, he, this was someone who would have been fighting with Darth Vader and the emperor, like seven years ago. Like it's not, of course he probably knew that there was force use being done by the empire. Like if he's a non force sensitive guy, but who like stumbled upon this lightsaber and stumbles upon this kid. Cause he wants to bring the, the force back to the empire somehow. I'm totally down with that. If he turns into like some Darth something new, I'm, I think there's a way they could make that story work, but it's definitely not the story I'm hoping for. Right. I mean, it's okay. So we know that episode seven happens roughly 30 years after episode six, right? Yeah. So what if in that time, the child is captured and his DNA is used to, to fuel the clones of Palpatine. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, like, here's the thing. Like I, I, I have said on, on, on the air and I still stick by this. I would love it if towards the end of the Mandalorian, we start to get some, some hints about the beginnings of the first order, you know? And so if Moff Gideon is force sensitive, and maybe he's a little bit connected to Snoke. And we could sort of learn that, like, maybe Snoke wasn't 
I feel like I want them to do that, but the only way to do it is to kind of retcon episode nine a little bit because I just hate episode nine so much. Um, yeah. I don't want Palps back. I, I want Snoke to have mattered in some way. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> but, and, and I mean, like, and we do know that we're going to get the Force because we know Ahsoka is going to be on. Um, yeah. Next yeah, season. Ahsoka Tano. And I'm super excited for her. She's a fantastic character. Um, yeah, not only that, but Rosario Dawson. Yeah, is... we have Night Nurse coming back. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, and apparently, um, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Ming-Na Wen is going to be back. Yes, yes. The person who played the um, the bounty hunter who they hunted down, who we thought was killed, but is not yet. Um, yeah. One also thing that I've heard, um, I, I thought this was true, but I've now, I, I, if I understand it correctly, this has now been confirmed, is that we weren't, like, because at first when I was like, oh, Rosario Dawson's joining the cast, that means, like, you're not even starting shooting yet. This is terrible. But my understanding is that somehow they kept it under wraps, and actually, um, I mean, that's because Rosario Dawson is mostly going to be CGI'd, given, you know, Ahsoka or something like that. I'm not sure what they're doing. But what I've been hearing is that they've actually finished shooting um clone they managed to just squeeze in like finish shooting clone um i keep saying that mandalorian season two before everything went into lockdown they're doing all the post remotely which is obviously harder but we are hoping to get season two sometime in the fall yeah uh everything that i've been seeing is is that they are still uh headed for a um end of october release that'd be awesome that'd be awesome wouldn't it oh man it would be so great like that's what uh, five months away. Yeah, if like, so, I can, I can waste enough time. Yeah, we're definitely going to need to get you. I, I think cause they, this was not a, a binge show, right? They released it as episode a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You and I will definitely need to up the schedule a little bit and go to a, uh, an episode a week to to cover that as it comes out. Um, Absolutely. So, um, I will say one other cool thing about Gideon. I mean, he, he's just such a great character. He's very imposing. I appreciate that a lot of the worst things he does happen entirely off camera as those two idiot stormtroopers are talking to each other and are just like, Oh, nope. He just shot another person. He just shot another person. Like somehow uh, that made it much more effective. Um, yeah. But and I, I, I love that scene. Like that scene just by itself is, it oh, was so like, as far as, as far as flavor, as far as, as tone, that is so vastly different from the star Wars universe, everything. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of close to uh, to what I've seen of the Clone Wars when you know like the clone troopers are by themselves and and mm-hmm. no big missions going on. Yeah. But you know it was just a couple of dudes sitting around. It felt honestly it felt like the the uh, the first episode of Red versus Blue when they were in the Box Canyon. Mm-hmm. And it was just a couple of dudes hanging out. <laughs> trying to shoot at a can and missing oh that was such a great call out of the fact that like for, that for no good plot reason like there's a moment in a new hope where obi-wan kenobi says you know these blast marks must be stormtroopers only stormtroopers are that accurate and you're like yep. Yep. but that's not true um but i love that call out i love that the two of them quickly become the most hated people in the entire star wars universe because they punch the baby yep. um, but ah. But I also thought, because um, at first, it at first it was so off that it threw me a bit. Because I was like, "That's not how stormtroopers act." Yeah. But then when I realized, like, these aren't stormtroopers. This isn't the Empire. This is like thugs playing dress up, kind of. Like it's kind of you know, it, it's like the people are trying to pretend the Empire still exists, but they're not conscripting people. They're kind of just getting local thugs and having them cosplay soldiers. 
Um, <laughs> yep. So that so that part of it made sense to me. Of like, yeah, no, these are just kind of local grunts, and of course they do stupid stuff like this. Um, I just love when he was like, uh, you know, Gideon sent or Gideon wants to send a message. I got that message loud and yeah. clear. Did you get that message? <laughs> I know. The way they banter is so, so good. Um, the other thing I was going to say about uh, with Mark Gideon himself is, um, and here I'm going to say something that is a mild spoiler for um, season seven of The Clone Wars, the newest one um, that's come out. So if I'm already offended. Okay, well, you can skip ahead uh, as well. Kind of check okay. back in in about 90 seconds. Uh, and for anybody else who wants to, although it's going to make this a boring conversation, uh anyone else if you're a big clone wars fan if you're wanting to watch season seven if you haven't yet or if you haven't finished it yet uh please skip ahead and i'll say i'm about to guess what's going to happen i don't know for sure but um moff gideon spends a long time talking about the siege of mandalore and this terrible thing that happened and how the mandalorians were all destroyed and and from other things that have been said it's been indicated to us that it happens around about the time that the Clone Wars is ending. Um, but we don't have any idea what happened. We just know that, like, there was this siege of Mandalore, and it was a terrible thing, and that's why all the Mandalorians are now in hiding. Um, on the Clone Wars, we've just gotten to a point where Ahsoka has been asked for help by the Mandalorians who are dealing with this terrible thing at a point in time just about at the end of the Clone Wars. Oh, man. So I am super excited that we might be about to see the siege of mandalore in the clone wars oh my and, god i have to go catch up right now well, right because and if that's true i can't possibly imagine it's a coincidence that they said so much about it on this show because that to me tells me that to some extent they coordinated those two and i'm like oh we're getting the crossover we're getting the eu stuff we're getting as our friend matt carroll would say that deep deep continuity that we like so much oh yeah uh, so yeah, if we actually get that, I'm gonna be so happy. Oh man, that's so good. And uh, Dave Filoni's the showrunner on on um, Clone Wars. Yeah, if yeah. I recall correctly, and he was um, you know one of the one of the major uh, one of the major players in The Mandalorian. Um, oh man, so yeah. I mean, there doesn't even have to be like communication back and forth. It's just like it's, all it's the head. guy. <laughs> it's all it's all him. Yeah. You know? Oh man! I mean, and that also like, not to go down a sidetrack. And I know a lot of people have different opinions on which of the sequel movies had problems. Um, but the one thing I've had a lot of people agree on is that one of the biggest problems with the sequel movies is it didn't feel like J.J. Um, Abrams and Ryan Johnson were talking to each other, and that like the first and the third movie were in one direction, and the second movie was in a different direction. And I remember thinking like, Star Wars needs a Kevin Feige, and. Yes. What this is telling me is if I'm right about this and if we're starting to really get that sort of overlap with the Clone War story and the Mandalorian story is that Star Wars has a Kevin Feige now. And that just yep. makes me feel like everything's going to be OK now, you know? <laughs> yep. We have a Kevin Feige in Dave Filoni. Yeah. Especially because. S- um, and again, mild spoiler here, but as happened many times in the Clone Wars, but also happens in that one episode that I'm talking about in this late season. The Mandalorian takes her helmet off. And I remember thinking, like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, because all the stuff he keeps saying about the way, unless there's something that happens in these last 30 years that makes them like, what if it's because they're now in hiding that now they have to keep their helmet all, on all the time? Or um, I don't know what it is, but I, I hope that 
if the Clone Wars explains some of the things that Mandalorian has been pointing to, oh, it's going to make my heart so happy. The, um, the episodes on the Clone Wars have individual titles? Yes. Okay, so be on the lookout for an episode titled This Is The Way. Oh, really? No, I'm just saying oh, yeah, like, just that's, yeah, yeah. that's what you need to be looking for. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, okay, what you were saying. I thought you were like trolling me because you've actually seen the episode titles, even though you haven't seen it. Um, oh, no, no, not at all. But anyway, yeah, so uh, let's move on to, I think, what was the other kind of big um, uh, emotional point of this, of this show, and it hit me much harder this time, in part because of our conversations, um, and that's what happens with IG, IG-11. I was going to um, say, IG-11, yeah. sacrificing himself. Ugh. Yeah, and, and I am going to say that this is one of those points where you have to sort of accept that Star Wars is brilliant and wonderful and makes no scientific sense. Um, yeah. Because if you are that close to lava, you are in an oven of about 600 degrees and you are Yeah, like dead. literally everybody's dead. Um, <laughs> but, you know, putting that aside, because lava rivers look cool... Um, the thing I, I mean the first time I watched it I thought okay this is a touching moment for IG and like he sacrifices himself and it's one more like a droid can have real feelings and that's nice but this time I got something very different which is and, and you've really been helping me see this is that all season long we've been getting Mando hates droids Mando yep. hates Mando doesn't trust droids Mando doesn't want to work with droids and part of that's because we see Mando had this incredibly traumatic experience with droids as a kid. And so in yeah. this episode, it's Mando saying, you can't do this. Don't do this. We need you. And IG says, you don't have to be sad. And he said, I'm not sad. It's like, I'm a nurse droid. I've analyzed your voice. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. Cause like, that's, that's kind of his arc. Cause like, you know, he learned Oof. to love his metallic friends. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. Because even just oh, in, even just last episode, he didn't trust the guy. Um, yeah, and that I, I think. I mean, it, even in this episode, he didn't trust him because yeah, uh, when when IG comes on the com and says uh, that uh, Quill has been terminated, he's like, "What did you do?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, well, I'm I'm doing my base function. I'm bringing. I'm protecting the child. Like, yeah. The best place for it is, I mean, he didn't say the best place for it is with you. And if he had seen where the Mandalorian was at the time, <laughs> he probably wouldn't have said that. Yeah, it is one of the weird things he does. And I, I kind of wish the Mandalorian had been like, stay away. Because like, he does bring the child out of danger right back into danger in a weird way. Yeah, kind um, of in the worst danger. Yeah. Because um, they had just set up a... Uh, uh, and e, what is it, Enet? Enet gun, yeah. Which did that seem like a weird name for a gun to you? A little bit, a little bit. Like Enet, especially, sounds very much like you know something involving the internet. You know, like that to me sounds like a way to like hunt down rogue websites or something like that. <laughs> I mean, it sounded to me like it was an electrified net gun. Like they were just gonna trap them and drag oh, them yeah. along with it. That could totally be it too. And then it it ended up having some like huge battery pack and. Uh, we had a scene very reminiscent of the end of episode one with Mando going out and like, I'll take the big gun off of their hands and then blast them all with it. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely a nice, it, it, there were so many nice callbacks in this episode. You know, there was that there was, um, when the Mandalorians help him break out of the main planet. Um, and he sees the, the others using the jetpacks, and he's like, I got to get me one of those. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of knew at that point that it becomes Chekhov's jetpack. 
Um, but it was yep. still such a nice way to pay it off to have him get to use it at the very end to like take down the TIE fighter. Yeah, and I love that he like when he goes to use it, he he doesn't use it right. Like, well, he doesn't use it as good as he probably could have if he had had more training. It's just it's like he doesn't immediately know exactly how to use it perfectly. He yeah. just goes up and then he does a Spider-Man thing with his uh, with his his uh, no what bombs. is that grappling hook oh, or yeah. whatever. And like jetpacks up to the to the tie fighter again because he's now he's got a proper direction to actually get to it like it it makes sense that what short bursts he used it for are what are within his capabilities like i hate i always hate whenever it's like oh it's a new thing i know exactly how to use this in all of the best ways that are that it can be used in yeah Aha. and like that's really aggravating in in media but like having him be kind of incompetent with the, with the jetpack <laughs> yeah was so refreshing it was so good well especially because it was a nice counterpoint because you know let's be honest in most of the movies up till now or even the shows you know tie fighters are these kind of like small ridiculous little things where if you breathe on them with a laser cannon they'll explode but you know the danger of them is that like when it's 30 of them against five of your x-wings then they're a problem yep. um and and sort of position it in this way where it's like, no, but when you're actually like four people just standing on the ground, one single TIE fighter is the most terrifying thing you've ever seen. Uh, that was such a fun little twist. It was, it was. This uh, this show seems to be doing that sort of thing a lot, actually, where uh, something that, you know, in uh, in the in the movies with the Jedi, you know, with the wizards, um, there are things that don't seem to be that big a deal. Like the droids, the battle droids are just are nothing. But then in his flashback, yeah, yeah. They're laughable. When, when he goes through his flashback moment while they're in the bar, those droids are terrifying. Oh yeah. Like they're, you know, they're knocking down people, you know, two or three in a row and then just blasting all of them in just one big sweep, killing everybody. And they're like, they're super precise along with that. Like, they're really dangerous things and that's such a scary thing but like my, my we don't get that in the movies oh you know in the movies they're all doing the roger roger nonsense and things like that yeah. you know and, and granted these are not the roger these are the one step above like the killer droids or whatever but still they they always look silly in the in the show and yeah. uh, my friend my buddy paul who records with me on the he's doing those series on the last uh season of clone wars um you know he commented they basically look like terminators you know, like those scenes where it's like all the, the all the flesh has been stripped off, and the, and the Terminators are just like roaming around shooting things. Um, yeah, that's to me what they looked like. Um, so yeah, I, I I really liked this. I thought there was it was just such a good way to wrap it all up and to give you like I felt like you know because he does get away. Like the season's at a conclusion. We don't end with a cliffhanger, but we definitely end with a like, okay, he's away, but he's clearly not safe. He's got some big missions to go on next time. Yeah, he's not um, done. Like yeah. we, we need to see what happens next. Like I want, I want them roaming the galaxy. You know, it's it's yeah. going to be a, a buddy cop road trip kind of thing. And and here I do I will say, and this is probably my biggest complaint about the entirety of the Star Wars saga, is that they seem to have no understanding of how human memory works or how anyone's memory works. Because apparently, what happens is. Huge galactic conflicts are won by the Jedi, 
uh, or lost by the Jedi, but certainly the Jedi are a huge part of it, and everyone's talking about it all over the galaxy. And then about five years, you know, sentient memory goes through an Etch-A-Sketch, and then you gotta, like, wipe out all memory of the Jedi. Like, yeah. Man, this, the Mandalorian, uh, our hero, like, was about eight years old during the Clone Wars. Maybe he was five or six, even. But, like, in the Clone Wars, lots of Jedi are fighting. So it was the one thing that I didn't get is when these two Mandalorians are like, yeah, this ancient group of space wizards that no, or sorcerers, they call them, that no one's ever heard of called Jedi. What's that? It's like, turn on the news, you know? Like, <laughs> if you made a movie today about like a millennial who was like, Viet, Viet what? Viet Noom? Viet not? Like that wouldn't make any sense. What do you mean Viet Om Nom Nom? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, I like what, pho. It's my one complaint. It's been a complaint all along. It's not a huge deal, but it's my one yeah. thing that was just really dumb. Well, I mean, there was also the um, the last episode where Quill was like, you know, three of your lifetimes. It's like, okay, but like, oh, yeah, do you know how long that is? <laughs> but like, do you know how long that is? <laughs> yeah. Little, little, you know, sometimes they dress things up with purple prose a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, so so I what's your... Wait, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't... I don't see Quill, Quill uh, as the kind of person to exaggerate a lot. So, I don't know. Maybe three of your lifetimes is like three of how long you've lived or how long your human life expectancy is, which is not much because the Empire is bad. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I can't justify it. <laughs> you know, it just, it just is what it is. Um, so... Kind of wrapping up, what what are your thoughts on season two? What are you looking forward to? What are your kind of predictions and guesses of uh, what we're going to see? I'm looking forward to uh, season two releasing. Yes. Um, and then having episodes in it. Um, <laughs> those episodes will be starring uh, people that are good actors. Uh, <laughs> you set the bar you know, pretty high here. I know, right? Now, I mean, like everything that they've done so far is just is magnificent. So... You know the the only the only thing I can say is they need to keep it up. You know yeah. they they need to keep doing what they're doing. They need to keep the same team uh, that they you know the same creative team that they had and and follow through on the things that we were promised. So we were promised that there's going to be a trip through the galaxy searching for a group of wizards. Cool, do that. We've got Ahsoka Tano coming down the pike, uh, and you're hinting in the last episode of the clone wars that she's going to have a lot to do with Mandalore. Cool. Give me that. Yeah. Give me that. <laughs> yeah. That I'm so excited for that. I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what, what the deal is with baby Yoda, you know, with the child, as we keep calling it. Um, yep. especially because I hadn't really given this much thought, but especially it does kind of make sense. You know, on the one hand, it could be that we're going to the home planet of Yoda and like whatever the Yoda species is. Um, it would be kind of doubly weird because I think the show has never established that any particular species is more force sensitive than the others. And so the right. idea that like we have like just only these two people, well, there's sort of a weird pink one who hangs out, but I think it's also supposed to be a Jedi in, in Phantom Menace. I'm not sure, but like, so to say, like, all of Yoda's species is Force-sensitive would seem a little weird, but maybe possible. Um, but I'm wondering if maybe, what if, it, like, if, if the timeline is as I think it is, Baby Yoda was created about the time that the Clone Wars was wrapping up. What if Baby Yoda's a clone? Hmm. 
It could, it could be. We could, we could have that. Uh, but what if also wasn't there? There was a a female of Yoda's race, wasn't there? I I think well, there was a pink one <laughs> hanging out by the um, by the uh, by the end of Phantom Menace, and and maybe the pink is supposed to mean female. I don't think we got any other kind of gender indicator other than that. Although there may well have been something in the books that I'm just utterly missing. Uh, let's see. Yaddle. I think is the the name. Okay. And it was yeah, it was in episode one. Um, I just I I remember for some reason there being somebody in in the Clone Wars um, series that was that everybody was talking about. Anyway, um, like if there was a female, it could just be Yoda's Yoda's kid. You know. Yeah. I mean, especially after all of the Palpatine nonsense, that I really don't want. I don't like the idea that like the Force. There's a part of me that doesn't want all of Star Wars to come down to, like, three or four families over many generations. And so I do want this to be a completely, like, different, you know, just of the same species, not actually descendant of Yoda. Um, yeah, yeah. And given the large outcry that happened when it was Palpatine Ray, I'm hoping that's the case. But who knows? I mean, I don't think it'll annoy me anywhere near as much as Ray Palpatine did. Um, but, you know, I, I'm surely hoping it's not the case. But but we'll see. Um <laughs> Certainly, it'd be nice. Yeah. It'd be nice to get more of the Mandalorian. Uh, it'd be nice to. I feel like one of the things that we got all this season was him sort of saying like, "This is the way. This is the way." Without any real re- and like, the first couple times that happens, I can kind of be like, "I respect your nobility and your honor." Yep. When you're starting to get to a point where you're like, "I'm following this set of rules that doesn't seem to have any internal justification. It just is what I follow," despite all logic and common sense to the contrary, it starts to get like, dude, you just need some therapy there. <laughs> like, and I, <laughs> I, there's a part of me that wants him to stay true to it forever. But there's a part of me that also wants him to sort of do the, like slowly realize maybe he can build a life outside of that. Well, I like the, uh, I like where the, the armorer is saying, you know, you, you know, by the creed you have, uh, you're you're effectively this child's father, yeah. and you have to take care of it. So you know if you're if you're going to be a good Mandalorian, like this is the way you have to do this if you if you want to follow the creed. And like it's really test like it's easy to say this is the way when everything is going your way. Yeah, exactly. But when you know when when life is crazy and you have to return a child to a clan of space wizards like <laughs> that might challenge your idea of this is the way yeah you know? no exactly exactly well and i think and you know it, it, it's an interesting idea of like is he returning this ch- child to the jedi or is he returning this child to his people and i can understand like that he got confused there and hopefully there'll give you some sort of clarification as that goes on um right you know so well, well even you know if if he returns if he gets the kid to someone who calls himself a Jedi or, 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 you know, was even remotely friends with the Jedi order in some way, they, they will look at, at this child and be like, Oh crap, that looks a lot like Yoda. Um, Hmm. Do you mean perhaps someone like, like Osaka a Sokotano? Tano? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. That would be so, well, especially cause like for most of, you know, one of the biggest things that happens in Clone Wars is, like, you know, she's Anakin's Padawan. Um, yep. Which is not really sort of a paragon of virtue and Jedi goodness. Um, so it'd be really kind of interesting if she's, like... And, and, I mean, she's very much, like, a humble student of Yoda. So, yeah, that could be... that. 
it'd be fun to have someone who actually remembers Yoda um, involved in this and somehow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of unfortunate because, you know, this is, this is going to introduce lightsabers into our space western. But I think it's... You know, I I think they gave us long enough without it that it's it's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, especially because one thing I've heard, and this is a little sad, but also makes this point okay, Ahsoka is not a series regular. Um, as I understand it, she's appearing for like two or three episodes. Okay. Which I think also makes me a little bit more okay with it. Because it, if it sort of became like, now this is the, the Jedi story, and Ahsoka ta- and Mandalorian is just kind of the bodyguard, that doesn't quite make as much sense. Oh, man. Uh, there is though, like thinking on it, Jedi is too far. Jedi, you know, having a Jedi around, having somebody with a lightsaber around, it's too far. It becomes too easy. It's the, it's the Captain Marvel problem. You know, it's hard to challenge them with, with the means that we have. But if we had somebody that followed the Jedi way, you know, this is the way, so to speak, um, like a, like a Jared Mway kind of character that came along with him, I would be so down for that. Well, and okay, again, I'm going to spoil something, and this is a pretty big deal from the Clone Wars, so again, skip ahead like 90 seconds to two minutes. Um, okay. Uh, well, actually, let me just double check with you. Jeff, are you planning at some point to watch the Clone Wars? And do you... I don't care about spoilers, man. Just hit me. Okay, okay. Everyone else skip ahead. Um, Ahsoka leaves the Jedi Order before that show is done. Right. And she leaves it under pretty unhappy circumstances. Um, where she's kind of like seeing the corruption and the ridiculousness of the Jedi. So yeah, in some ways she's a very good option for it because she's not a Jedi. She's not like rah, rah, let's rebuild the temple. Um, she's a force user still. And in the episodes of the Clone Wars TV show that we're seeing now, she's like trying to come to terms with what does that mean? Um, but yeah, I think that makes, is another reason why it makes her a very interesting choice to, to bring into this, into this, uh, uh, into this world. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, have her... Have her show up, but she still uses a lightsaber. She's still a force user. Like, you know, she still ticks all the boxes of being, you know, Jedi equivalent. Uh, it And it's it's not necessarily that I want somebody who is, you know, like Qui-Gon was. Right. Uh, I don't want somebody that's, you know, that is a Jedi and follows like this is or what I would I would prefer actually to have somebody who is uh, very dedicated to the ideals of the of the Jedi order. Mm-hmm. But is maybe less force sensitive, similar to the way that Jared Emway was. Mm, uh, he was a, okay. you know, with the, with the, um, you know, I am one with the force and the force is with me, even though he doesn't have a lightsaber, he's not necessarily force sensitive, but he was, you know, protecting the Kyber crystals. Right. And he, I mean, I think he has some pretty good kind of like sensory awareness, you know, and Jedi reflexes. So I think he's supposed to be like, kind of like on the edge of, you know, but he's sort of like, you know, he's like, a very low-level acolyte. You know, he was never going to become right. a Jedi, as you said. Um, right. But it's nice to see that it's not a binary state. You're either Force-sensitive or you're not. You know, there's middle ground there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Well, okay, yeah, I think we got a lot to look forward to. Any other kind of last thoughts as we wrap up? No, nah, man, just really excited for the uh, for the next season. But we've got to, you know, we got time to buy it until then. What are we going to, what are we going to do? Well, what are we know, talking about next? Uh, we, we've talked about uh, looking at some of the other shows. And I think we'll get to that. But you know what? Star Wars is about the movies. And I think it's, we're going to dive into the movies. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited about this. We're still trying to figure out if we want to um, do it chronologically, which means slogging through some not great stuff to get to the good stuff. Or if we're going to hop around a little bit in order. 
we got to figure that out. But um, I think I think there's there's a lot of good arguments for both, and I have kind of an idea we'll talk about. Uh, and certainly, fans, if you have thoughts about that, but we're gonna do the ep- we're gonna do the movies. Uh, we're gonna cover all the movies, including a prequel about a certain character that I am going to have a lot of vitriol to talk about, and maybe you can show me some good sides to it. Uh, we will see. Um, we're going to pull no punches as we go, but yeah, Jeff, I'm really excited for you and I to, uh, dive into those movies and we'll probably get some hosts on, uh, some guests to talk about other things. That's fine. That's fine. Um, you know, if, if we, if we need to, if we need to have this kind of therapeutic session, because I have found catharsis in, in this, um, uh, in this format where we recreate the movie based mm-hmm. on what would be a good story. Yep. I, I, <laughs> I just I kind of go through it. a podcast that talked about that kind of thing. Uh, you know, it, there's one coming up. Okay, yeah. T- t- tell me about the catharsis that offers. <laughs> okay, so uh, my upcoming show, um, I'm looking to... So I'm actually looking to have this uh, this show up and running uh, within the next couple of weeks. Um, I have a couple of episodes banked as far as uh, material that I'm still editing. It's, it's a slow process, but uh, we are... It is my co-worker and I getting together in a water cooler type discussion where we discuss a movie that has failed us. Basically a movie that should have been good, had all of the, all of the pieces there to be good and was not. And we just try to fix the story to, uh, to be something that is, you know, acceptable and, nice. and works in our, in our headcanon, so to speak. I, I, I would it, like to call dibs on the, uh, uh, Emperor, the um, uh, Rise of Skywalker episode, because I have some thoughts. <laughs> okay, well, rule one is there has to be a good movie in there somewhere. Okay, okay, yeah, I definitely think there is. Um, okay. Well, okay. no, maybe I can't say that. I think, <laughs> I think there was a very good movie at the end of Last Jedi. I'm not sure it's anywhere to be found in Rise of Skywalker, so <laughs> I might not be the person for it. But I'll, I'll at least send in some very long, detailed emails you can respond to. That's fair. Um, That's fair. Well, but cool. I, I, thank you for talking about that. It's a, we're going to be one more great um, podcast project of the Stranded Panda Network. Um, at the beginning of this, we talked about my sister podcast, uh, Superhero Ethics, on which we have talked about Star Wars quite a bit. And um, uh, Jeff and I and Matt Carroll just recorded an episode that will go live. Um, actually, we'll, by the time this goes live, it will already have been live. This is going to go live on Tuesday. Uh, Jeff and Matt and I just recorded an episode that will already be up by the time you're hearing this. It will have gone out the Thursday beforehand. Um, but then, uh, and that's all about um, whether Ben Parker was right when he says that uh, with great power comes great responsibility. It was a really fun discussion. But even more yeah, relevant was. for this conversation, um, two days from when you're hearing this, the Thursday of this week, uh, a Superhero Ethics podcast episode will go out specifically on the ethics of Star Wars. Um, and this has come about because on the podcast that Jeff and Matt do, the MCU cast, the topic of the... Um, whether Star Trek is morally superior to Star Wars has come up a number of times. Um, uh, uh, and it's also come up on the, the Star Trek podcast that Matt does with uh, our, our other friend Dave. And the claim has been made a number of times that Star Wars is not as ethically nuanced uh, as Star Trek. And so this episode is going to be... We're not going to really do it just to troll, to troll Matt. Um, I'm going to troll him a little bit. <laughs> but mostly it's going to be having the three of us get together to dive into... What are some of the ways in which Star Wars is actually very ethically rich and ethically complex and raising issues like, you know, does fear and anger lead to hate and all that? And like, you know, what are the you know, choices you make during warfare and how do they corrupt you? And, and, and 
is your father redeemable if he's slaughtered half the galaxy? You know, small little <laughs> ethical questions like this. Um, uh, you know, one of my favorite ones with Jedi is, uh, is it is it reasonable to expect someone to give up the idea of love and, yeah. and finding human connection in order to still their mind and, you know, and gain this great uh, power that you say is on the side of the light? Yeah. I, and it's, I, I don't want to keep talking about how good it is, but I, I will keep talking about the TV show The Clone Wars because the thing I think that it does best, in many ways, The Clone Wars is a script doctor of Revenge of the Sith. Um, I like it. It, it. it really fixes the fall of Anakin. And one of the parts of the stories that it really focuses on is the idea that part of Anakin's fall is because the Jedi are asking him to live up to this idea of non-attachment that just makes no sense whatsoever. And yep. a lot of it's about the flaws of the Jedi, which, yeah. So there's a lot for us to talk about. So we're going to get on that. Check that out. Um, as I said, great if you want to write a review of superhero ethics, get entered to win t-shirts, maybe even a video game. We'd also love reviews of this podcast, Star Wars Universe podcast. Um, you can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on email. All those links are in the show notes. Let us know what you think. Let us know, you know, now we're done with the whole season. What do you think of Mandalorian season one? What are you excited about for season two? We'd love to hear your thoughts. We'll probably, um, if we get enough, we'll do a feedback episode maybe at some point. Uh, but certainly when we get ready to do season two, we'll also bring it up then. So I have myself and Jeff. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day. I have spoken. And may the force be with you until next time, true believers. Ooh, I like it. Mix and match. <laughs> <laughs>